0: As I grew up, I embraced... My name is Joe Prudentino. I was born and raised in the Philippine Islands. As I grew up, I embraced... Can we start it again? Which is the dominant religion in the country. My name is Joe Prudentino. I was born and raised in the Philippine Islands. As I grew up, I embraced the Catholic faith, which is the dominant religion in the country. About 83% of our people are Catholic who are living in idol worship and fanaticism. I came to know the Lord Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and got saved at the age of 14 years old. My wife and I got married in January 1st, of 1991. The Lord bless us with four children. Two of my oldest girls are married to preachers who are both pastoring churches. Joan and Jan works in Cavite Province, which is about 20 miles away south of Metro Manila. Jair and Kevin both work with me in Batangas City. Our third girl, Jan, is now a licensed dentist. But our baby girl, Jo, be still in college for one more year to date the lord blessed us with three grand little kids Jaden, star and junia they are our bundle of joy batanga city is located about 70 miles south of manila the city is composed of 105 villages it has about one million people in population Basically, it is an industrial city because of the international seaport. but partly it is also becoming commercialized now. Our focus in the ministry is church planting. I work with the Independent Baptist Mission for Asians, the IBMA, since 1993, which is based at Marietta, Ohio. Our church became a lighthouse in the community because of the different ministries we involved with. Our heart's desire and prayer to God for our own people is that they might be saved. We reach out the lost at any cost. And after they get saved, we encourage them to follow the Lord in water baptism. Discipleship is an effective tool to equip our people in the ministry. We want to see them grow and get matured spiritually. We believe that if the Lord won't use them, we will lose them. We train group leaders who are able to lead small groups and dedicate their lives and time to help other Christians to grow and make a difference before the eyes of this world. Through our children's ministry, we can hold our Bible club for kids every Saturday morning for about two hours. Our members and staff are bringing kids every weekend to our church. To train these next generations to serve the Lord. And during summertime, where these kids are off from school, we hold junior cons for them and daily vacation Bible school for about three to five days. It was a lot of fun and encouraging to serve the Lord. Sports evangelism is one of our tools in reaching out the young people in the community. We had a program designed for them every other two months. We hold a one-day sports fellowship to reach them. Before they can play, they have to sit down first and hear the gospel lessons. Youth Come during summertime is one of the most awaited activities of the young people in our church. This is a five-day activity to encourage them to get deeper in their service to the Lord. Campus Ministries, one of the exciting ministries that we have now. We are able to penetrate to the public high school. This is school year every Friday morning. We have a team that goes to public high school and teach the grade 7 up to grade 10 students in every classroom. There are about 800 students who are captive audience for teaching the Bible lessons every week. Our workers are planting the seeds to the heart of these students, and we look forward for what God will do to change the hearts and lives of these teenagers. We have also a three-year program to train our young men and women who surrender their lives in the full-time ministry. This is why we operate a Bible Institute in our church. We started this ministry in the year 2006. We had now a bunch of servants that are working in the faith. Some of them are pastors and pastors wives. Others are missionaries who are starting a brand new ministry. We have now the Cornerstone Baptist Temple that is serving as the sending agency for our satellite churches. The Lord provided for us a small piece of property which is about 5,387 square feet, or approximately about one fourth of an acre. In 2004, we built the first base of our church building. This is a combination of parsonage and a church auditorium that can hold only about 100 people. I would say, if all our people were come together, our church auditorium cannot hold the volume of this people. Once in a while, we borrow portable tents from our village to accommodate the number of these people. Because of this problem, the Lord led us to put up the second phase of our building. We challenge our people to be involved in our 2020 vision that is to rise up and build. In this vacant space of our church property, which is about 33 feet by 82 feet or a total area of 2,697.8 square feet. We will connect the 2 story building from our existing church building today. The second floor of this building is designed only for the church auditorium that can hold about 250 people, up to 300 people. By the capacity and limited resources of our people, by the grace of God, we can build this building project. But it will take a while. Maybe a decade or two. But if there are folks who are willing to partner with us, I believe we can see this project in reality in about a couple of years. And it will bring the glory to the name of our God.
1: Thank you for watching. We are thankful for uh, holding the rope for us for, I believe, over two or three decades already, since 1996, uh, when Pastor Jenkins was uh, still around in here. And uh, I met Brother Jenkins in one of uh, the preacher's conference up here in Northern Ohio. And he invited me to one of your mission's conferences. And then uh, that was back in 1996, and during that year, uh, you took us on for support, and we'd been receiving your support until this time, and uh, we are thankful uh, for that. Uh, Back then, I believe uh, we have only two children, two girls, back in 1996. But now, we have already three grandkids, and uh, you're still uh, holding the rope for us, and that was uh, a blessing. And uh, thank you so much. And I uh, appreciate Brother Bill for uh, allowing us to come and be able to report to your church of what we are doing back home. You know, Philippines is composed of, of 7,700 islands. And uh, back in the early 90s, we, uh, the main focus of our ministry is doing church planting. In the early 90s, uh, we went to uh, the largest island in the country, which is Mindoro Island. That is the next island uh, you just cross the ocean uh, from Batanga City, and then you get to that place. Uh, in, back in the early 90s, we started our church there, first church, and then we have now three churches in the eastern part of that island, and then we have four churches in the western part. Back in year 2000, God led us to move out in that island and move back to the main island of Luzon. And once you cross the ocean from Mindoro Island, the first city where you get in is Batanga City. Batanga City is about uh, 70 miles south of Metro Manila. We have one million people in population in that city. We have 105 villages. And uh, there is a big opportunity to reach our, our own people in that place. We started our first church there, and that is the church where uh, Pastor Jenkins had visited for a couple of times. The second time around, uh, he brought uh, Brother Marvin with him and Brother Steele, uh, Anderson, I guess, is his last name. And uh, they taught us, uh, we hold uh, pastors uh, school for our pastors and preach for us in our uh, homecoming services uh, during that uh, last visit that they have. And uh, and what a blessing, you know, that, uh, you know, we got a big problem right now. The problem was uh, that small building could not accommodate our people. We have a small piece of property in that place and Brother Marvin, uh, you know that and there is a vacant lot in front of that building, and that is the place we build our expansion of our building. And uh, we have that 2020 vision. The last time we were here, I, I believe that was uh, Pastor Jenkins is about uh, to retire, and Bible Bill was being installed as the new pastor of uh, Columbia Road Baptist Church. And uh, I shared a vision with Brother Jenkins that we were about to build. And your church contributed uh, for our initial fund, uh, I believe, $1,000 for that building. And we, we gathered and we, we prayed. And during our last visit in the States, we were able to raise, I believe, uh, $25,000. And our people gave another $10,000. That's why during COVID time, you know, Baptist people uh, back home, uh, you, they, we cannot been held by the uh, protocols of the COVID problem back home. You know, November the 9th of 2020, we have an initial fund of uh, $35,000, and we started that amount to build this project. And the cost of this building is $130,000. For about two years of building that during COVID time, we already spent $100,000 toward that building project. And it's almost done. We are now in the finishing touches of that building. All what we need to finish that building is $30,000. And one of my supporting churches up in Minnesota invited me to come and be able to come to their conference last month. And uh, to start raising the fund. And thank God for over a month that we are on the road. We're able to raise $6,000 per bill. And uh, we are praying that to get to 30 churches in the States, in this trip. We'll be having uh, two more months on the road. And uh, I believe uh, this is now the 15th uh, church that uh, we, we've been since we got back here in the States and for the last 15 meetings that we have, we already raised $6,000 and hopefully, uh, you know, we, we are praying uh, to find churches that will be able to help us to raise this fund. That's why when we get back we'll be able to finish that building project. I'm inviting Brother Jenkins to come back again and take Brother Bill and some of your men, you know, so that uh, when, you, when your pastor will be able to get there. And I wish you will be able to preach in the new auditorium of our church. And, uh, but, you, you know, we have been thankful that even our church building is not yet fully finished. You know, back in the Philippines, you can use the building even though it's not yet fully finished. And that's the blessing. So we are holding our church services right now in the ground floor of that building. Uh, I was thinking that we were only building a second-story building, but the Lord, you know, gave us uh, uh, more expansion. We cannot build this way, but we could build this way. So that's what we did, and we are now building a three-story building, and uh, that's the blessing. It's almost done, and, uh, but as of now, we just cease for a while for the building construction because of uh, we ran out of funds, but uh, I believe God uh, you know he stored something to our people, but you're trying to imagine uh, if we can finish that building probably in about probably two more years from now, if I will not be able to raise the fund in this trip, because uh I, I believe uh, right now, as the Lord provides, then we can build on it, something on it, and uh the blessing is uh. Our people can give almost a thousand dollars every month, so that that's the only fund that we are using to build and keep on building the building project. But the blessing is we have partners in the states; we have supporting churches that they can be able to help us. That's why, uh, you know, Miss <coughs> Carol from Baptist uh, Bible Baptist Church or Baptist. Uh, Bible Baptist uh, Temple uh, in uh, Euclid invited us in their missions conference that was about probably last June and without any hesitation I don't have, you know, I don't have the plan to come in the States I don't have the money to pay the ticket you know, it's very expensive to fly in the States right now, it doubles our plane ticket since COVID uh, problem was but The Lord provided, you know, he made a way. That's why last month we were able to fly in in the States. And now we are on the road and praying for 30 churches that will give us at least a $1,000 apiece. So please consider us in your prayers. Maybe you can be able to be one of those. You know, maybe uh, uh, you can consider praying for this so that... uh, when Brother Jenkins is ready to fly overseas and visit us again, and uh, we are inviting also personally your pastor. You know, please send your pastor. If Brother Jenkins cannot come, he is strong enough to fly. Amen. And uh, please consider us. Brother Bill, it is always good to see the pictures of the ministry that you've been supporting. But I tell you what, it's another thing to see the real thing. That uh, the fruit of your labors had been, you know, uh, he'd been seeing this by, with your pastor. And then when he came back, uh, he would be the one to report you of what Joe Perdentino is doing back in the field. It's a good thing to report, you know, the, firsthand. Uh, you can be hearing from me personally, but it's another thing when you send your pastor there and he will come back here and he will say something about the ministry that you've been supporting for about three decades already. So please do pray for me, and uh, I would like to, uh, once again, to thank you personally. And there's always, I've been thankful for the American people. You know, uh, we have here our, one of your missionaries, uh, you know, uh, to India, and uh, he was talking to me a while ago that he's been in our country for, uh, I believe, back in the uh, 70s, <laughs> just recently, just, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I've been thankful, you know, I've been thankful. Because to the American people, especially the American churches, for a f- couple of things. Number one, back in, the, back in the World War II, you sent your troops to liberate us from the Japanese imperialism. But second thing, after the World War, you sent your missionaries to the Philippine Islands to liberate our soul from the bondage of sin. And I've been thankful, you know. And you don't know this, but the missionary that you sent, one of those missionaries that you sent, my pastor's preacher got saved. My pastor's preacher got saved in that American missionary. And I am the fourth generation of that American missionary that you sent after the World War II. And you cannot say this, you know, but someday the fruit of your labor from my ministry, probably one day will come in the States. And the same thing what I'm doing right now, they will be, we will be thankful, you know. If we cannot do it, and I will tell you up there in heaven, you will be seeing a lot of brown-skinned Filipino people like me that will shake your hands, maybe embrace you, and they will be thankful that because of the cause of Christ, you shared, you know, just to reach them. You know, my heart's desire and prayer to God, like Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10 in verse 1, Paul says that his heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might save. As you can notice, I am a national missionary. But my heart's desire and prayer to God for my people, the Filipino people, is that they might be saved. We have a population today of 110 million people in population, Brother Bill. 83% of those population are Catholic people, who, which is the dominant religion in the country. You try to imagine these people are living in idol worship and fanaticism. I used to be a Catholic. I was born and raised in a Catholic religion. You know, as a matter of fact, when I was in high school, my mother sent me to a Catholic school, and I became an altar boy, serving the priest and helping him. In conducting masses, but thank God that God is still in the saving business up to this time. You know, we have poor. uh, I have three siblings in the family. We are poor. You know, I have three sisters in the family. I'm the only boy in our family. I just wondered why. You know, my mother wanted me to become a priest. You know, because I'm the only boy in the family. And you know what? When I got married, God gave us four girls. (laughs) And I've been around with girls all of my life. But it's a blessing that, you know, uh, uh, after my sister got saved, she went home. You know, she shared to me the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And I got saved when I was a teenage boy. The following months, you know, two of my sisters got saved. And I got two sisters who were married to preachers. And that's a blessing. And uh, I got poor girls, two of them were married to preachers also. And uh, it's wonderful to work, you know, that we have preachers in the family. That whenever we sit down, all the subject that we talk is about the ministry. It's always a blessing. But tonight, I just want to, uh, to share something, what is in my heart tonight, And please listen very careful. You know, I've been preaching most of the time in the meetings that I have. And I always ask the people to listen very careful. As you notice that I got an accent. You know, sometimes the word that I'm trying to say, if you will not pay attention, uh, you will be uh, hearing some strange word. you know. I wish I can speak in Tagalog and you can understand that. You know, because Brother Bill, when he come to the Philippines, he just preach right away in your in your own in your own language, and our people would be able to catch him up and understand him. And uh, uh, you know, the Brother Marvin, when you came there, there there was no inter interrupter. You know, you know, Barry Jenkins usually preaches whenever he gets there, and there's no interrupter. You know, I don't like interrupter. You know, what I mean is interpreter. You know. Uh, sometimes when somebody interprets for you and people are laughing, you know. It looks like somebody is, the the interpreter is something saying it's about another thing, you know, that people are laughing. But anyway, turn your Bibles with me if you would. Luke chapter 15, this very popular or very familiar passage in the Bible. We'll be be uh, reading from verse 17 up to verse 19 just for the sake of time. But I will be preaching from this particular passage from verse 11 up to verse 32. And you know what? This this chapter is known as what we call the lost chapter. It is because from verse 1 up to verse 7, it speaks about the parable of the lost ship. And from verse 8 up to verse 10, it tells us about the lost silver or the lost coin. But from verse 11 up to verse 32, it tells us about the story or the parable of the lost son. That's why it was called the lost chapter. Please stand with me, me, if you would, please, in honor of the reading of the word of God. We'll be reading from verse seventy, just only two or three Bible verses tonight, so that just for the sake of time, uh, please uh, read it it in in your Bible. It's a good thing, you know, we have this... uh, We have this equipment in our church. We have this technology that whenever the preacher will ask, read the Bible, then some people, you know, look on the screen and they read the Word of God in the screen. But it's good to to read every time from our Bible. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank God we have uh, the Bible in our hands today. Please read it uh, in your Bible. But if you don't have your Bible with me right now, you can look on the screen second, you can read the word of God with us. Verse 17 says, it says here, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread up and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father, and he will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and, and before thee, in verse 19, and am no more worthy, to be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. Shall we pray? Our God, we love you tonight. And thank you, Lord, for allowing me to preach and behind, to, uh, to stand behind this pulpit and minister to these dear people. I pray, O God, that please give me the anointing. Help me to preach. I pray, Lord, that please make me a blessing to these dear people. And I pray, O God, as I'm preaching to their ears. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be able to speak to their hearts. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Please visit and thank you so much. I would like to share to you tonight uh, a certain lesson which is entitled Think Like a Son and Not a Slave. Think Like a Son and Not a Slave. You know what? Back in my when I was a kid, Brother Bill, I, I had the opportunity to attend Vacation Bible School. When I, was in, when I was 11 years old and 12 years old, I had the chance, you know, for twice uh, during summertime, I have attended a Vacation Bible School. And what a blessing that I have the opportunity to attend Vacation Bible School for kids, like we are doing right now in our time. But you know what? I have a lot of Bible stories that I. I heard, but there was only one Bible story that is left in my mind, that is left in my heart, that until this time, I remembered the prodigal son. The first time I heard this, it was a Bible story that has been told to me when I was just a kid. That's why, without any further ado, without any further ado, explanation of the background of the prodigal son you we know it you know you know the story but i just want to pick probably few bible verses from this passage so that we could be able to see what is in my heart right now you know what when uh, when the prodigal son went to the par country and he was taking care of some hogs and swine and pigs because he was hungry he was hungry. And then when he was hungry, he was thinking about his father. He was thinking about his father's house. That's why in verse 17, he says there when he came to himself, he said, my, my friend, he said that he was about to go to his father's house because he said that in my father's house I bred bread up and to spare. He was thinking of about his father. And you know what, my friend, I like, I like this. When you are thinking that you are a son, you will always think about the father. You will always think about the home where you're from. And you will always think of something that we, you need to go home. And I will tell you tonight, my friend, but notice what he said in verse 19. He said in verse 19, he he was trying to tell, and he was trying to rehearse in verse eighteen. He was in the pig pen, and he was trying to rehearse what he wants to to tell to his father when he was going home and come to this face to face with his father. And he told he told in in verse eighteen. It said, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee." But look at in verse nineteen. And he said, and no more worthy to be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. What I've seen in this passage, when a prodigal son went to a park country, I tell you what, he messed up. That's why when he was there, and he was in, when he was in hunger, he was, he was looking on himself, even though he remember his father, even though he remembers his father's house, but he thought that when he come back, he don't want to be a son anymore. What he wanted is he wants to be a slave. He wants to be one of the hired servants of his father. That's why in verse 19 he said, And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son, and make me as one of thy hired servants. But you know what, My friends. I will tell you tonight that if you are a son, you are always a son. I've been thankful for for the Baptist doctrine, for, for the fundamental Baptist doctrine, the fundamental Bible doctrine, my friend, that once you are saved, you are always saved. Amen? Thank God for the assurance of salvation that we have. Thank God, my friends, that we, the Baptist people, from the Bible doctrine, we preach and we stand on what we call in the eternal security of the believers. That we are not able to lose our salvation, amen? And thank God for that doctrine. And I will tell you tonight that when the prodigal son was thinking about this, I'll tell you, my friend, that when he was a son, he is always a son. When he was thinking that he was, he wanted to be a slave. I will tell you, my friend, this is what he said in verse 19. He said, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. I will tell you, my friend, I, I will agree, maybe, in that first place, in that Bible verse, I will tell you that we might be unworthy. But I will tell you tonight, we are not worthless. Amen? We are unworthy before God. But we are not worthless because we are children of God. Amen. We are children of God. You are a son. And when you are a son, you are always a son. That's why tonight I encourage you. That's why this is a, I entitled this simple lesson, Think like a son and not a slave. You know what, my friend, when you think like a son, and when you think like a slave, I should say, like in verse 19 says, it says there, the prodigal son said, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And you know what, my friend, when you think like a slave, you will be in the wilderness. Look at in verse 13, the word of God said in verse 13, this prodigal son, once he had his, the portion of his, of his living, he went to a park country. My friends, park country is what we call now the wilderness in our life. Don't get there. Don't go to the poor country. Don't get away from the presence of God. You will be wasting your life when you went there. I will tell you, my friend, when you are thinking like a slave, you will be in the wilderness. The second thing that I want you to see in verse 13, you are not only in the wilderness, and once you are in the wilderness of this life, I will tell you, you will be wasting your life. Please don't waste your life. We have only one life. Don't waste it. I've been thankful in this church. I've seen a lot of young people. I get around in the state. I was telling Brother Bill a while ago that I've been around for probably about, maybe, uh, this is my fifth meeting right now. And I've been around for many churches and most of those churches that I've been, there are more aged people, seniors. But in this church, i am thankful, my friend. I've been thankful. I've seen a lot of young people. This is the next generation of our church. We invest back in our country. We invest in the next generation. We, in our church, my friends, this church, this ministry that you are supporting through me, we have 60 volunteered workers from our church and they go out every week and they're reaching about 400 kids in our outreach communities. Why? Because we spend, we spend, We invest in the next generation of our children, in our generation, the next generation of our church. And you know what, my friend, you young people who are hearing to me, listening to me tonight, please don't waste your life. Don't go away and go to the far country and waste your life. You have only one life. Don't waste it. The third thing, my friend, that you if you think that you are a slave, you are not only going to the wilderness and you are not only wasting your life. And I will tell you, you will be in want. Look at in verse 14, the word of God says in verse 14, it says there, my friend, that, that when he had spent all and then arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And I will tell you, my friend, when you are going to the far country and you will be thinking that you are a slave, I will tell you, my friend, you will waste your life and you will be in want. Tonight, my friend, let me address to you tonight that it is not the plan of God that His children to be in want. You know, back in the early days, back in the time of David, in Psalms chapter 37, in verse 25, King David testified, he said in verse 25 of Psalm chapter 37, he says there, I have been... No, chapter, chapter 37, in verse 25, the Bible says, King David testified in the Bible, he said, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He doesn't want, my friend, God's, you know, God's desire for his own children, my friends. He don't want us to be in want. That's why Apostle, uh, King David was very, very confident when he wrote that Psalms 23, in verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Apostle Paul says that my God shall supply all your need. He doesn't want that his people would be in want. We might be in need, Brother Bill, but God. The Lord's blessing, you know, and God's desire for His children, He doesn't want us to be in want. Amen? That's why tonight, please, don't think that you are a slave. Tonight, I encourage you that please, all of us must think like a son. Let us think like a son. I just want to give five thoughts when you think Like a son. When you think like a son, number one, my friend, you will be remembered that you are always have a family to encourage you. You have always a family to encourage you. You know what? In verse eleven, the word of God says that there was a father and he has two sons. There are always a family. And I will tell you, my friend, the prodigal son went away. And then when he was thinking that he has a father, he went back. And I will tell you, this family of the prodigal son, it is always a family to him. It is the family that always encourages us. Thank God for the family that we have. Thank God for this church family of Columbia Road Baptist Church. This is a big family for us. And this family, ladies and gentlemen, will always encourage you. Think of this family. If you will be thinking that you are a son, I would like to remind you that you have always a family that always encourages you. This is your church. The second thing that I want you to notice, that if you will be thinking like a son, you are not only have a family to encourage you, you have also a father to embrace you. You have a father to embrace you. We have a father up there in heaven, but I will tell you, my friend, we have a spiritual father in our church, which is our pastor. Brother Bill will never be, kick you out in here. You, 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 he might be, probably he will not slug you. He will not talk to you. I will tell you, this is our father in our church. And I will tell you, whenever he gets up here and preaches the word of God, and what he wants to do is just to encourage you. Thank God for the pastor, amen. amen. Thank God for our father down here on earth. In our church, if you will think that you are a son, you are always remember that we have a family to encourage you and we have a father to encourage you. Look at in verse, uh, uh, I believe, uh, I believe in verse 28, it says there, when the prodigal son trying to go home. And in verse 20, it says there, my friend, in chapter 15, in verse 20, this is what the word of God said. And he arose speaking to the prodigal son, and he came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know, I was wondering, my friend, when this young man left home, he was probably very better built, dressed up like a, like a prince, you know. He might be smart, smarter than I am right now, but I will tell you when he went back home. I cannot figure out what he clothes he wear. It might be a rug, you know. But I will tell you, my friend, a way great old. The Word of God said he saw, his father saw him and had compassion on him. His father recognized him, even far the distance was. And I tell you, my friend, even though I believe he was dressed rags, and I believe Brother Bill he smells like a pig, but when his father saw him, the father ran and embraced him and kissed him, even though he smells like a pig. You know how, how, how the father loves him? That is the kind of a father we have. That is the father. Thank God if you will be thinking that you are a son, you have a father that will always encourage you. The second thing that I want you to notice, if you will be thinking like a son, you are always finances to enjoy. You have to be thankful, my friend, that you are living in this blessed country. All you have I believe, my friend, this is a blessing of God. Thank God for the jobs that you have. Thank God for the work that you have. Thank God for the money that we receive. Thank God for the material blessing that we have. I tell you, my friend, this man, this young man, got those portions of his wealth from his father and went to the far country, and he spent that in a riotous living. But I will tell you, my friend, God's blessing, material blessing, we have that for us to enjoy, not spend in a riotous living. Thank God that God provided for us the means to live. Thank God, my friend, for the opportunity that you are living in this blessed country. And thank God for your generosity. Thank God because of this ministry that you have, we've been part of God's blessing that God bestows in your church. You know what? Any, any single dollar that you send to the Philippine Islands, I will tell you, my friends, we really enjoy that because that is God's blessing. We're really thankful for your generosity. Thank God, my friends, for the finances that God provided for us. And whenever you think like a son, I will tell you, my friend, you have finances to enjoy I wish we are not grumpy people. I wish we are not uh, complaining people. I wish we are not whining for something. Why? Because God blessed us enough. God provided for us our needs. You know, God doesn't want that we will be in want. We will become probably needy people. But I will tell you, my friend, God provided us for something that we should be enjoying. And that is the finances we have. The poor thing that I want you to see here, you know, when you will be thinking that you are a son, you will be, you will be having, uh, you, you always remember that you have a family to, to, to a- always encourage you. You have a, a father that will always embrace you and you have finances to, en- to enjoy and you have food on your table to eat. You know, you have food to eat. When the, pod- when the prodigal son was thinking that about his father, about his father's house. He was thinking about, in, in verse 17, he said, In my father's house, he said, in verse 17. Have enough and to spare. You know. He said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I'm very sweet, this hunger. I will tell you, my friend, whenever you think that you are a son, you have always food. To it. You know, COVID struck every word, every part of the country, of the globe. And I will tell you, my friends, we are living in a third world country. But I will tell you, we never miss a single meal on our table. You know, because you know what? When we are thinking that we are the children of God, God provides for our needs. We have put to it. And last but not the least, I want you to see this. In verse 18, we'll have a faith to exhort. We have a faith to exhort. In verse 18, this is what the prodigal son said. said, And he said, when he came to his father, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. You know what? We have always a faith to share to the people about repentance and forgiveness of sins. And you know what? This is the blessing of the prodigal son. When he came home, he was being restored and forgiven. In first John chapter one in verse nine it says there if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us all our unrighteousness. The prodigal son was restored and forgiven. The prodigal son was restored in the family, and he was restored in the fellowship. You know what? This is what reminds us of the kind of father that we have. This father, my friends, you know, whenever we think of our father, I will tell you, my friends, I've been thankful. I've been, I've been thinking of the father's hand. He's been. He cared for us and he provided for us. I've been thinking, whenever I think of the Father, I've been thinking not only the Father's hand, who gives everything to us. I've been thinking also the Father's heart. You know, he is a compassionate God. I've been thinking also the Father's house. That is always a comfort to to his children. I remember my friend when 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 Jesus was about to go back to heaven. In John chapter 14, from verse 1 up to verse 3, he was telling to his, to his disciples, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, he said in verse 2, are many mansions. If I were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. That's why in verse 3 he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I come and again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you be also. Think of the father's house. You will always be comforted. I will tell you tonight, the kind of the father that we have is the kind of the father that the prodigal son have. He's a compassionate God. He's a caring God. And he's a comforting God. I wish, I pray tonight, that you will be always think that you are a son and not a slave. God bless you.
2: With me and close your eyes for a moment. What a great reminder of what we have in God our Father and how easily we think like the old man instead of like the new. Thank you, brother, for preaching the word to us. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged that since the 90s, God's work has been going forward in the Philippines? And not just for the souls that are saved and we rejoice in that, not just for the people that are discipled and we rejoice in that, or the churches that are planted and we rejoice in that, but that we get to have a part in it. That one day you'll see the, uh, the account sheet for your heavenly bank account and there will be an entry in there for the fruit that has abounded to your account for those of you that have given, for those of you that have prayed for the work of God to go forward in the Philippines. Mm-hmm not just in the Philippines, but in our all of our missions program. I want you to know that if you're not actively giving and praying in support of our missions program, you are missing out. There is nothing better that you could be involved in than in giving to God's work, not just here, but around the world. And we see it, we see it as a reminder in front of us whenever one of our missionaries visit. And we're so encouraged by that. So encouraged by that. Let me ask you a question. Have you found yourself wandering in the far country? Have you found yourself in a place of want instead of in the blessings of the Father's house? Is your table empty instead of full? Are you with the pigs instead of with the Father back home? Only lack instead of abundance? If you're there tonight, I want you to know that the Father is waiting to receive you back. God is not some stern, angry figure that's always pointing out what you've done wrong and what you do is never good enough for him. He is the father who is looking off in the distance for his wayward child, his son, his daughter to return with open arms that he might rejoice and embrace you, clean you up again, put the ring on your finger and restore you to where you need to be. That is our great God. If you're here tonight and you need to return to the father, this, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. There are other people that need to return to the Father, but they don't know that there's a Father who will welcome them back. They don't even realize that there's another option other than the far country, other than the hardships of a life separated from God. But when you share the gospel, when you pray, and when you support the work that's going on around the world, you help them know what kind of forgiveness waits for them. And we'll always have that forgiveness the Lord has spoken to you tonight and you need to be saved, or if God has spoken to you about uh, starting the process of getting baptized or about joining the church or some other thing that God has spoken to you about, would you say yes to him tonight? Father in heaven, I thank you that you don't just take us to be your slaves or take us to be your servants or take us to be a trophy or a pet, but that you make us sons and daughters, that you bring us into your family. Thank you, Father, for the open arms. May we rejoice in it and return to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing.